him, made us just come to him and, and, and give us him our lives, but never ever give us the opportunity to know him, to walk with him. Christmas is all about the story that reminds us that God is with us. He's with us in our struggles. He's with us in our good times. He's with us in all times. And some of us, that might scare you a little bit, right? Uh, maybe today as you watch a Vikings game, you know, and maybe if they start losing, you might be a little bit frustrated that God's with you even in those times when you get ticked off and the Vikings start losing, which they're not going to. But, you know, you might possibly, you know, that's the truth today, isn't it? God is with us. There couldn't be anything better. There couldn't be any greater news than the fact that God is with us. Over the course of this last Christmas season, this season, we've been looking at a word called, a word very deeply, the word is peace. We've been discovering how at Christmas time, how at this time of the year, God has brought us peace. He has brought peace into the world. We know that Christmas time and, 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 and peace are forever intertwined. We've read the scripture, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. It says this, For a child, uh, for, uh, to us a child is born, a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Also, God with us. Of course, we know God with us comes from the word Emmanuel, which is one of the names that describes who God is, who Jesus Christ is. With us, in our presence, in our time, in our struggles, and all these things, he's with us in these situations. And though this time of the year can feel like not very peaceful, I'll be honest with you, uh, this last few weeks for my life, and just personally, has not been very peaceful. We've been busy. We've been getting ready for kids stuff. We've been getting ready for Christmas. We've been shopping. We've been dealing with, with things, you know. And I'll be, be, be honest with you. In, in my house, uh, my wife and I, we are both a little different when it comes to money and giving and all those kind of things. And so every year there's always that kind of, well, you know, do we give these people presents? Do we not? Do we do this? How much do we spend? I mean, you know, sometimes that doesn't bring peace with it, does it? Right? So it can feel like this time of the year is not very peaceful. But yet, it doesn't matter what happens in our world around us. That God sending his son Jesus as a gift to the world brought us peace. So as we talked about, our peace is positional and it's a gift that God has given those of us who are believers who know Jesus Christ. Now today you may be here today and you may say, well, I know Christ, I'm a, a believer, I don't have peace in my life. Last week we talked about how peace uh, oftentimes takes us to act in courage. We have to live in courage. And sometimes we have to do things that are a little courageous to enact the peace in our lives. And so that, of course, was what, jo- what, was what Joseph did. Joseph acted courageously. And now this week we kind of move to another part of this whole idea of what peace is all about. That peace is, is not just a gift. It's not just a promise, a position that God's given us. 
Peace is the thing we can, we can live our entire lives with, but peace is also today a huge help in our lives as well. If you would, turn with me today to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. As you turn there today, I want to tell you a little story about when I was in high school. When I was 17 years old, um, I, I was in, for one game, an umpire for Monticello Baseball, Little League Baseball. Eight and nine years, eight and nine-year-olds, one night. And the reason why it was one night, you're about to find out why that was the case. And so, if you've ever umpired a game before, you know it's not an easy task, right? It's not easy, it's pretty tough. So, as a result, or desire for them to get more umpires, uh, the Monticello Baseball Association hired us teenage, you know, baseball players to umpire games. Great idea, right? Got paid for it. It was wonderful. Well, I showed up. I had been given all the rules, all, all the things that I could do as an umpire. I walked into this place, and I, I, I met the coaches. I knew the Monticello coach. I didn't know the guy from another, another town, but we, I brought them together. I said, guys, I played eight, nine-year-old baseball. I know how it works. So this I'm going to do today is I'm going to call them close, okay? If the ball comes over the plate anywhere near it, it's going to be a strike, okay? Is that cool? And we had this conversation, yes, that works for us. And so I did that, and I began the game, and I was a little nervous because that's kind of a big, a big undertaking. And as I did this, a dad in the stands, and you know where I'm going, a dad in the stands decided that he was going to take this game into his hands, and he started yelling at me with every single call. Umpire, get some glasses. Umpire, you know, whatever. He is yelling at me about how terrible I'm doing as an umpire. Now, here's the deal. He was not a part of our conversation, okay? He was not there. He was a dad in the stands. And so as I'm talking and as we're going here, the guy gets louder and louder and louder and more frustrating. And so I had to stop the game and go over to him and say, hey, man, these are eight and nine-year-olds, okay? If I call strikes like you want me to, we're going to be here all night long. I don't want that. So I'm going to call strikes if they're close. I thought that was going to work, right? Well, guess what? It didn't. Uh, the guy continued to get angry, even, even more angry with me. And so the, the, we continue on playing, and I got to the place where I got so frustrated that I had to go and talk to the coach of this team and say, hey, that dad over there is one of yours, you got to tell him to be quiet, because if he continues that, I'm going to go crazy. And so the guy talked to him and said, hey, knock it off. And the guy was only more angry with me. And as I called stuff, he got worse on me. And consistently and constantly, he kept yelling at me for my calls. So I knew that I had a little authority as the umpire of this game. So I went over, I told him, I said, hey, man, I, said, I, I, I appreciate your passion for your, your son's team. Uh, but I want you to know, if you don't be quiet, I'm going to kick you out of this game. He goes, you can't do that. And I said, watch me. And now I'll be honest with you, when I, I did this, this guy's you know, twice my age. I'm a 17-year-old punk, and this guy is twice my age. And I'll be honest with you, I am shaking in my knees when I did this. But I was so tired of what was happening in those stands, I was okay with this. So I said, watch me. And so the guy looks at me and kind of says, it was like this kind of thing between us now. And it was like, okay, well, I'll watch you. And so I go back to my spot and the very next call, get some glasses up. And I turn around and I said, get out of here. And I threw the dad out of the game. And I, I did. This is why I like, I umped one game. Thank you. Yes, that's right. And he looks at me and he says, well, 
why, how can you do that? You can't do that. I said, I'm the umpire. I can do that. Get out of here. And so the dad was like, looks at the coach. Can he do that? The coach said, yes, he can. He is serious. Dude, you need to go to your car. And so he sat there. I crossed my arms and I watched him until he finally realized I was not kidding. And he walked to his car. And I have never again in my life umpired a game and nor will I ever umpire a game in my entire life. Now here's the deal today, is that in some of our lives, many of our lives, as believers, as Christians, there are things, there are voices, there are words, there are all kinds of things that are yelling things at us all the time. You can understand that you have a position of peace. You can understand that God has given you peace, that as a believer, your heritage is peace. You can get that in your mind, in your heart, but yet sometimes it feels like that's not the case, is it? That's where we come here with Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Read with me today if you would. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Everybody say the word this morning with me, rule. Let the peace of Christ, what? Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. This word rule here is a great word. The, the word here in the Greek language is barebo. Now, that was pretty good right there. I practiced a while. Barebo, which means here, this is a word in Greek, the, the Greek language, which simply means umpire. When this was written back in, the, back in Bible times, they had umpires. They were a part of the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the Olympic Games, and they called the games, and they watched the games, and they made sure there was peace in the stands. And that's what this person, a Barebo, did that. They were an umpire. They ruled the game. They called the game. They had authority over the game. Imagine what it would be like if you had a game without an umpire. Now, again, as Vikings fans, we might be kind of happy about that because the, the umpire, the refs hate us, right? Like, just to be honest with you. Uh, you know, we, we might think that'd be, that'd be good, but think about it for a minute. If you had a game without an umpire or a referee or any kind of authority, if you had that happening, that would not be a peaceful situation, would it? You would have problems. You would have issues. You would have anger. You would have arguments. You would have all kinds of things. Here's the deal. Some of us are living our lives with no umpire in our lives to help control a situation. That's why this word here is so amazing. Let the peace of Christ umpire your hearts. That's what the word here tells us. Let the peace of Christ umpire your hearts. Some of us have no umpire. Some of us, your life, you understand peace. You understand you have it. You understand it's there. It's available to you. But yet, you don't live in it because you do not have, you've not installed and listened to and understood that you have an umpire in your life calling balls and strikes. It's huge. It's awesome news. See, this is the thing. There's four things that we do to pull the umpire out of our lives. The first one today is unconfessed sin. Year, years ago, a, an umpire, so my, my, favorite, my, my favorite pictures is an umpire named Tony LaRussa, who was a little impassioned guy, and he did not like an umpire's call one time, so he gave him a shoe shine, which means that he went up to the umpire and he started kicking dirt in his shoes, and it's called forever known as the shoe shine. You can give the umpire the shoe shine in your life if you have unconfessed sin 
in your life. If there is sin in your life that is running rampant, that is running out of control, that you've not given over to Christ, you can have that. 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us and purify us. Sometimes in our walks with Christ, in our lives with Jesus, we forget this basic truth. If you have unconfessed sin in your life, you will not be able to walk in peace. I've had this in my life at times. Even as a believer, I have done things. I have messed up. I have done things that I shouldn't do. And I've found that in my life there are consequences to those things. But I've also found that God is a faithful and a just and a good God who if you confess things to him, he forgives you and he cleans you. That's good news. But you might have things in your life that are unconfessed sins. Maybe today you're here and you're in a situation where you know what that might be. There is lying, there is cheating, there is stealing, there is, un, there, is, there is, in your marriage, there's problems, and you know what I'm talking about. There's kids here. You know, there's things in your life that you've not confessed to God. I want to encourage you to bring the umpire back in into your life and confess that to Christ. Number two, worry is a way you can, you can get rid of the umpire out of your life. You can kick out the umpire by walking and living in worry. How many times do we think about this in our lives? We've heard this, haven't you? Man, you've heard so many times, I shouldn't worry. God does not want me to worry. It's not a good idea to worry. But yet, how many times do we in real life situations find that our lives are controlled by worrying about situations we have nothing to do with, right? God, what's going to happen? What's going to be the case, God? What's going to happen someday when this happens or that happens? And we allow worry to take over our lives. The word says in Matthew 6, Matthew 6, do not worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. It will take care of itself. God is there already. He knows what's going on. If you are a believer this morning, worry will short circuit. Worry will kick the umpire out of your life. Number three today is selfishness. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing from selfishness. Now, I'll be honest with you. In my house, I can always tell when I'm living a little selfishly. The peace is not there. I'll just, you know, let's just, let's just be real. The peace is not there when I'm thinking more about myself than my wife and my family. The, the reality is, is that you can kick the umpire out of your life and not be any more ruled by peace when you live what's all about yourself and all about your needs and your wants. This morning, I want to encourage you to think about that in your life. If you are living without peace, are you living without, without hope or whatever, are you living selfishly? And that last one today is indifference. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 16 says, I know your works. You're either cold or you're hot. And so that's it. And so indifference can kick the umpire out of our lives. Indifference can destroy the peace that God has given us. Again, as believers, peace is positional and it's a gift. But we can live in and not live in peace and not walk in peace when our lives are ruled and controlled by these things rather than the Spirit of God. He has provided that for us. He is umpiring that. Imagine what happens when your life is ruled by the Word and ruled by Jesus. When worry comes, that umpire says, get out of here. 
When strife comes, the umpire says, that's not the way it is. When problems come, no way. When you sin and mess up, the word says, hey, Steve, you sinned, you've messed up. Confess that. Give that to Jesus Christ. You can walk freely and you can walk clean from those things. And the umpire says, you're out of here. That's it. See, we don't have that in our lives when we don't allow Christ control in our lives. I want you to bow your heads this morning and close your eyes. If you could come up and just quietly play behind me today, if you would. Bow your head, close your eyes this morning. I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you this morning as well. You might very well be here this morning, and you might be very well here, and you know that I'm talking to you this morning. The situation, you know where you are in your life. You've made an outward appearance that peace is a part of your life. You made it show on the outside that you're peaceful and things are wonderful, but you know deep down in your heart it's not the case. You know deep down in your heart that you are frustrated, you are full of, of, lack, of a lack of peace. And I want to encourage you today to listen to my words. You will not know peace. You will not know what peace truly is. Until you give your heart to Jesus. Now, you may have before have kind of done that. You may have, you know, half-heartedly done that. But you have half-heartedly done that. But you've kicked the empire out of your life. And you've not confessed sin. Or you've not, you know, what I just talked about this morning. I want to encourage you to take a minute and really think about this. And allow God to speak into your life. You will not know peace without Jesus Christ in your life. It won't happen. If you want proof, just look at our, our culture around us. If you want proof, look at what's happening around us day in and day out. There is a lot of people that think that they're making peace, but they're not. Because they don't have the peace that passes understanding through Jesus Christ. You may have never given your heart to Christ. And you're saying, I don't know, preacher. I want to encourage you to begin a journey with Jesus and say, Lord, I don't know I'm willing to try. I'm willing to lay my life down to you. That involves asking him forgiveness. It involves confessing your sin. And you know what those things are this morning. And I pray that you would. You might be here this morning and you might be a believer or a Christian. And you've known him a lot of your life, but yet you are fine that you are without peace. You are without this kind of peace in your life. And I want to encourage you today to look at what Paul says here in Colossians and remind yourself that, yeah, you may have peace as your position, but you won't walk in peace if you've not allowed Christ's peace to be the umpire in your life. To call the balls and strikes to rule things in your life. It just won't happen. I stand before you today as a, a man who has played both sides of the Christian fence. I have played the side where I looked like a Christian, where I looked like a good person, but I wasn't. I played the side where I said, you know what? I'm not a Christian. I'm just going to kind of walk my own path and walk my own thing, and I'm going to do it, note what I know is best. I'm going to do what I know is, is right, and I will tell you that it is absolutely true. I had no peace until the day when I was a senior in high school, and I said, Jesus... From this day forward, I give you every part of my life. Has it been easy? No. Has it been always completely peaceful? 
No. But you know why it's not peaceful? When I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to be the referee, the umpire in my life. What's so great about that is that you can always come back to God. You can always come back and bow your knee and lay it down before him, but you won't know that unless you have first given him your life. So heads bowed, eyes closed. This morning, no one looking around. A moment of challenge, a moment of peace is today. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I don't know Jesus Christ, but I think today that I'd like to. I don't know that peace you're talking about, but today I think I'd like to. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand, if you would. I don't want to single you out, but I just got to know if that's you today. You're saying, that's me. I'd like to do this today. I want to encourage you to raise your hand up high today. And we're going to pray for you this morning and ask God he would give you peace. A few more moments today, and we're going to close this part of the sermon this morning. Five, four, your heart is beating. Your heart is pounding right now. You know what it is. I want to encourage you to take the big step to bow your heart before him and say, Jesus, this is my life. I give it to you. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody stand this morning if you would. I'll cross this room, and we're going to pray a prayer today, and I want you to repeat with me, not because that's how you pray, but if, because if you're, if you're a new believer, if you're not a believer yet, you may say, well, I don't know how to pray. I'm going to help you how to know how to pray. So I want to encourage everybody to pray this prayer with me this morning. And, and, and if you are here today and God has, has challenged your heart and you say, man, I need to give my heart to Christ. If that's you right now, I want you to pray this prayer like you mean it. Maybe you aren't even, didn't even raise your hand this morning. Maybe you didn't even put your hand in the air today, but there's something in your heart that says, I need this, what he's talking about this morning. I want to pray for you, Jesus. Repeat after me, Jesus, I give you my life. From this day forward, I promise to be different. I have sinned. I admit it. Will you forgive me? Will you clean me? Will you come into my life? Change me. From this day forward, I am yours. I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. If you prayed this morning that prayer with us, I want to tell you today that you are upon the authority of the word. You are different. You are made brand new. You are made fresh. Christians, let's give it up this morning for that today because that's a good thing. But I'll, I'll tell you today, you're not finished yet, okay? That's not it. You're not done. I want to encourage you, if you pray that prayer, come talk to me. I want to help you out with this. I, I, I want to, with all my heart, help you out to know the peace that God gives and walk in that. But then the rest of us this morning, I want to also encourage you. Maybe you're here today and this year has been busy. This year has been crazy. Maybe you've lost somebody in your life. Maybe you've lost a, an important one. And this Christmas feels a lot like difficulty and not a lot like peace. You can have peace. The word says that passes understanding. 
peace that is a literal miracle. You can have that kind of peace. It's provided for you if you're a believer and a Christian. But what it takes from you is to bow your heart and give your life to Jesus. The more you do that, the more you bow it down, the more you give him, the more peace you will have in your life. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. Amen, Robbie. That's right. It's a promise and a guarantee from God's word. Hold your, uh, bow your heads, close your eyes. I want to pray with you this morning. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we give you our lives and our hearts. Lord, for those here today that Jesus are just struggling through something difficult, Lord, I pray for them. Lord, I ask you, Jesus, to show them the peace that you give. Lord, to be that referee, that umpire in their life. Lord, to call the shots. Lord, to call things out. That when the enemy comes and tries to to plant some seed of doubt or anger or whatever it might be, the referee is there to say, get out of here. No way. This is my child. Jesus, minister like that in our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I pray that this Christmas would be a Christmas of peace for each person in this room. That God, it doesn't matter what happens in our culture. It doesn't matter what happens in our society. It doesn't matter what happens around us. That God, you have given us peace. I thank you for that. I pray this in your strong and holy name this morning. Everyone said, amen and amen.